Coming up on this episode of Club Scene Chatroom, we chat with my high school friend Jody about her experiences coming to terms with her sexuality, finding a label that fits, and advocating for queer rights. We recorded this back at the end of last month to post at the start of this month to celebrate Pride Month, but it's still very fitting now as we near the anniversary of the Stonewall riots, and though it may be the end of Pride Month, Pride never ends. There is never a day where people should feel unsafe because of who they are. We love you all. This is episode 37. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Club Scene Chat Room. This is the podcast by two, two, three little beans that has nothing to do with clubbing of the violent or party kind. I am Rochelle, but today I'm entering the chat room as Pink Sleeve. Pink, please. Who are you, Joel? Pink Sleeve. Pink Sleeve. Oh, Sleeve. Pink Pink Sleeve. (laughs) I love that. Hi, <laughs> I'm Joel, so and I'll be entering the chat room as Bubble Car. And <laughs> as you know, every first week of the month we have a guest. So today's guest Ooh. is Jody. Jody, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> oh yes. Uh, hi, I'm Jody, and today I'll be entering the chat room as confused bisexual coffee addict. Oh uh, yes. That's a very descriptive right username, and I really appreciate that. You yes, really, like, get you. the introduction, like, out of the way. That, I was, like that was what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, today we have the beautiful, wonderful, amazing Jody on the podcast. Um, as with most of our guests, the way that we know her is that she is our friend. Jody um, and I went to high school together. What and a when we're th- what a throwback. What we a have time. an early connection. What a time of life. We'll, we'll get into that in today's podcast. Um, and yeah, so as you guys know, we're trying to do a guest at the beginning of every month. And I was thinking, well, since June is Pride Month, we just, I just wanted to like get a conversation on here that's about queerness, about gayness. And I think the best way to kind of do that is to just have someone share their personal experience. I just think there's always so much you can gather from that because everyone's experience is so different. But obviously, like Jody is more than just gay TM. Um, you are a complex human being, as we all are. <laughs> Sexuality is just one aspect of our being. Um, so yeah, Jody, do you want to introduce yourself and just who you are in general, like what you do, that kind of stuff? Big questions. Mm. <laughs> um, Existentialist. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, well, I'm Jody. Um, I am 22, recently turned mm. 22. Oh, um, happy birthday. And happy I, birthday. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I study uh, physics at the ANU, so I'm about to go into my last year of my physics degree, which is super exciting. Ooh, yay. Um, that's so exciting. Yes, yes. So what are, can you say what your, like, full title of your degree is? Oh like, gosh, what is your uh, course called? It's, like, sounds really fancy. It's it a is. Bachelor of Philosophy Science. Ooh! That's hot. Uh, So, yeah, I basically get to do a lot of cool little research projects throughout my degree. And then my final Mm. year of my degree, like most degrees, is an honours year. Um, Mm. But I have Mm. to do that to graduate with the full title. So, And my my major is physics, so. Yeah. Are you currently studying online? Yes. (laughs) I do not enjoy. I'm a very (laughs) <laughs> I'm a very hands-on person, so I prefer mm. to be in the lab. I would call myself yeah. an experimental physicist. Um, I so I that. like to go into the lab yeah. and do experiments and get the data rather than like yeah. do all the really theoretical stuff, which I have huge respect for, mm. but it's like not mm. for me. So mm. Yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah, that's that. That must be hard. Like, cause you're the kind of you enjoy doing like research and that kind of stuff, mm. and it's like you can't really do like yeah your experiments, your tests, your trials, and that kind of stuff like online. It's not the same. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah. Quarantine's been really hard because of that. Cause I can't like go in and do mm. things together, and also like mm, yeah. um, I also can't. My job is as a science communicator, which is mm. another huge part of what I do. I love science communication. Um, mm. So I love talking to kids about science. I'm a tour guide oh, at the Astronomy Centre. Um, mm. So that's really fun. And I've done a few projects in the past in science communication um, mm. about the importance of representation of women and especially queer women in science. Mm-hmm. So love that. It all it all comes back. It all links. It all, it, yeah, it always, <laughs> always comes back. Okay, so we're going to dive straight right in to all the queerness, all the gay stuff. Um, Because that is sort of the focus of today's uh, conversation. Do you want to tell us, and you can start wherever you want with this story, and obviously throughout this whole conversation, just, like, speak with whatever you're comfortable sharing. There's no obligation to be, like, you know, to share Mm -hmm. any amount. Um, But just tell us a bit about your experience and your relationship with your sexuality. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it all began. (laughs) No, um, it's actually quite funny like reflecting back on my journey because some people will start with I always knew and that's like one of the biggest things is like I did not (laughs) not, did not always know you know and um I think a big part of my coming out was this confusion about like I haven't always known so for reference I yes started questioning um in high school when I was around Probably the first thought that popped into my mind was about when I was 15, but um, Mm. it was just kind of like, oh, girls are cute. And then I was Mm. just like singing a Taylor Swift song, but about my, (laughs) like a female friend. And Mm. I was just like, oh, this is normal. Like we're just best friends. And then I just didn't think about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then, because then I had a crush on a boy and I was just like, this is fine. Like we're just... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just didn't think about it. I also didn't really have the language to talk about it. So I think mm. I was very much like, this is just like best friends. Like we have our ups and downs. And like, mm. I didn't realize that like it was my first like crush, I guess. Right. Um, and so then oh God, there's so, so, so much comes into play when you talk about someone's like realization that, you know, of who they are or they're coming mm. out. It's not like one step. It's like, it's not like a light bulb moment for some people it is, Mm. but it definitely wasn't for me. Um, Mm. I mean, I am also a scientist and a chronic overthinker. So putting (laughs) a label on myself wasn't something I was going to do lightly. Um, right. Yeah. So I was confused and yeah. So after that first kind of crush, I kind of pushed it away. I was like, it's fine. It's nothing. And then Uh, crush number two comes in and it comes in like twice as hard twice as intense like jealousy fights everything that you can imagine Mm. um yeah that was just like a little bit um I think a big wake-up moment for me to be Mm. like oh this is not how most girls feel about their best friends Mm. um and I think it's um I just didn't have a lot of I guess role models or like people to talk to who I thought were the same as me, um, which is why I talk about representation so much still. Um, Mm. I just didn't really know. We didn't have like a lot of um, 
people being out. I mean, I grew up mm-hmm. in Singapore with Rochelle and um, in Singapore, like, it's still illegal to be gay. So there's that level yeah. on it. Like, our school was accepting, but silent. But I would say, like, yeah. <laughs> they weren't outwardly, like, homophobic. There was nothing. We weren't mm-hmm. also... We were not religiously affiliated, so there wasn't that kind of dimension to it. But um, there was like it wasn't talked about, and the biggest. And I feel like their silence was homophobic. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah. In a way, like being silent is you're not educating like kids mm. on that that that's even an option. So mm-hmm. for me, when I realized, oh, I have a crush on a girl, it was literally like my whole world that I thought that I knew my understanding of the world had just been shattered. Like, Mm -hmm. everything that I thought I knew about myself, I was just, like, thrown in a whirlwind. And, like, for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, this is another thing about me. But for me, Mm. it was a lot more. It really caused me to reflect on who I was and, like, look in the mirror and be honest with myself. And I think that was Mm. something I hadn't been really actively doing. I was just happily going along with life and you know in high school you try and fit in and you try and achieve Mm. and do what's best um but Mm. you don't really I think sometimes stop and pause and think about you know all those deeper layers about yourself so yeah yeah. Mm. but um anyway then out of high school (laughs) (laughs) even at the end of high school I was still like a mess I didn't really know what all these feelings were I wasn't I wasn't out I wouldn't say I had even properly labeled myself. I was Mm. confused because I'd had, I'd realized by then I had, I had crushes on girls, but I'd also had a lot of crushes on guys. And that was a huge thing for me because I thought like you were gay or you were straight. Mm. And it was just like, I was like, well, I'm not gay because men. (laughs) I was like, I'm not straight because like, women women, these two crushes that I've had or like you know these crushes that I've had have been you know a crush so we go to uni I go to uni away from pretty much anything high school related I go to Canberra so there's there's one other person from my whole grade that comes to this university I'm away from my parents um who like are lovely and like whenever saying anything homophobic or whatever and it was a safe environment but Mm. I really needed the freedom to explore like Mm. I needed to uh, as an experimental scientist I needed to (laughs) experiment yeah Um, I needed a trial (laughs) yeah and it's like not everybody has to do that but I really felt like I just needed to go out get out of my bubble and see the world Mm. um and by see the world, I mean fall head over heels for the first girl I met, who I've, <laughs> who I've, who I've now um, been dating for three years. So Aww. I guess that then led to, ooh, I really need to come out now because yeah. <laughs> there's this whole part of my life that I haven't, you know, uh, this whole part of me that I'm now really truly living and I want mm. to share that with the world. But before then it was very personal and it was very like, this is still my journey. Um, yeah yeah which is a huge part about coming out that I can go on about forever as well (laughs) yeah Yeah. what was it like to like come out like did you like start telling people first or like was there like a group of friends that you kind of were honest to first or did you kind of just start telling everyone because you felt like it was right um so there were like different stages Mm. um it was 
I guess in high school, like some people had picked up on it. So they were a little bit like, mm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so my close friends, um, yes, including Rachelle, <laughs> had some suspicion that something was going on because <laughs> um, I was also very broody and angsty. That That's what happens when you get too into your high head. You as get, well. Yeah, you get super like stuck in your own thought patterns. And mm-hmm. so people can see that something's going on. And um, I guess... So I, I told only a very few close friends, but I didn't even like label it really. Mm, I kind of went to yeah. the like, I think I might maybe unsure, mm-hmm. but like there <laughs> yeah. could be a possibility <laughs> that I like girls. Like it was like yeah. so mm. many disclaimers before I yeah. could even <laughs> say the words I like mm. girls. Like it was just like, I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent. And that's, I think a big part of it is like, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be 100% when you start telling people. Um, yeah. But I had to... I wanted to be 100% when I told um, my parents, when I told, like, the outer circles in my life mm-hmm. and, like, my family. Yeah. And, like, I didn't want to bring confusion into that. I guess it's kind of like when you start seeing a boy for the first time, like, yeah. you know, for a straight person or whatever. When you start yeah, seeing, yeah. like you know in a straight in, like a hetero kind of, relationship. yeah in a hetero yeah. situation like you mm-hmm. don't immediately bring being like oh my god there was this boy in class today and like i think i might have a crush on him to like your parents i mean some people yeah. do but some I some people do but yeah yeah, yeah. and so it kind of felt like that it was like this is something that i talk about with my close friends and mm-hmm. then like when it gets serious then we talk about it like mm-hmm. i'll talk about it with other people in mm-hmm. my life but until then it was kind of like not that's how I viewed my, I guess, the yeah. circles. Um, yeah, yeah. So then when I was in uni and it had become serious, I was like, ooh, it is time for me yeah. to like <laughs> now tell people. Um, and mm-hmm. on top of that, we had the plebiscite in Australia, mm. um, yeah. which was a huge part of my coming out mm. because everything had kind of like hit like I had all these opposing things all like coming together at once. So I just gotten a girlfriend. I just moved out of home. I joined some queer like groups like GSAs and stuff in the community. And I was feeling a lot more um, strong in my own identity and who I was. Um, And also I was very keen on advocating for like who I was and I was very proud of my relationship. So when the plebiscite came around, I was there. I went to all the like pride, like rallies, the yes marches, the vote yes campaigns. I did all of it. I was there with my friends. Um, yeah. So you can't, for me, I was like, I can't be doing that here in Canberra and not be sharing that part of myself with my family and Mm. my, you know, other people in Australia who could vote. And I was like, maybe my Mm. voice could, you know, my story and my voice could change how they vote or could tell, you know, they could tell my story to their neighbor or they could tell their, my story to somebody else mm. that they knew. And then that would influence them to vote because it's not only mm. about voting yes and no. It's also about like actually voting. Like we didn't want people to abstain from voting either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a huge part of my, and that's how kind of my coming out all kind of happened at once was because of the plebiscite. I think otherwise I would have just kind of let it, you know, creep out mm. slowly. Mm. But, mm. um, I felt like I had to make a statement cause I really wanted to be seen. Um, and yeah. I thought that would make a difference. So 
yeah that's amazing that that just got me in my feels man Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's i I think that's like yeah really awesome and like just using your story like uh, when you were in a place where you were kind of ready to make that step to like inspire others and i think that just like speaks so much to like i don't know how much your relationship with your sexuality grew so quickly as well because Mm. this was like this was like the year we got like the first year of uni so like we went straight from high school to uni and like you know I remember when we were still in high school it's like that was something that because I lived with Jodie in my last year of high school and that was something we would talk about a lot just like sexuality and like you know trying to like like you know I don't know I feel like (laughs) all of us felt quite like not equipped to deal with like that topic that, yeah, trying to unpack know, it and understand yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, whether that was like our personal relationships with it, trying to be there for each other, trying to be, you know, a good friend, trying to be like the correct way of supportive, if that makes sense as well. Like, so to go from a place of, you know, such uncertainty, and, and I feel like, and you kind of touched on this, like it was a big part of your identity that you had to come to terms with. And like you said, mm-hmm. for some people, it's just like, oh, okay, cool. But for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people will resonate with what you said, it's like, it's a big deal. It's like not something you can just brush aside or like be okay with being unsure with. So to go from that and then within like a year, you know, be, be in a place where you can use your story to help others. I think that's like amazing. Thank you. No worries. Yeah. Well, I think um, a big part of like me wanting to get my story out there so quickly was because mm. when I was growing up, I had no stories. Mm. And like yeah. that sounds super like <laughs> heavy and like sad. But, <laughs> like, but like I would go onto YouTube and I would Google coming out stories. Like mm. I would Google the... I did the BuzzFeed Am I Gay quizzes. Like mm-hmm. I didn't like in you know my close I guess network of people I didn't really talk about these things a lot um or Mm. we didn't have just like we just weren't educated on it which is like a whole other problem like Mm. the sex education system like you guys have talked about already um yeah like we just weren't educated so I didn't have the labels and it was really a tumblr deep dive into trying to figure out Mm what I resonated with and seeing people who understood me and were like me, or I could see aspects of myself in these people, um, which is why representation is so important. um, And stories are so important. Yeah, for Mm. sure. Yeah. I think talking about it is like super important because I, yeah, I feel like the education side, I mean, personally as well, like from my experience, like schools don't really talk about it, especially at a young Mm. age and like, it's hard to yeah know exactly what it is or like you know that it's so important unless you kind of talk about it with friends and like you know talk about experiences and stuff like that so I think yeah the communication is a like a huge part of it yeah and kind of like what what we kind of touched on before with like our school not saying anything about it it's like yeah I they're like silence being homophobic Mm. it's like when when the normal is hetero and is straight like you not talking about it is like passively reinforcing that norm if that makes sense and like passively oppressing you know like queerness and all the you know all these all the people in high school who are like 
what is happening? Like you're just like making them feel like I don't know that they. It's just making it more confusing. And yeah, I don't know how to describe, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. totally. Yeah, totally. Like if you don't see see yourself like in the world or like see someone mm-hmm. like you, it's it can be very hard to then share that part that you think is different to the world, mm-hmm. especially in like teenage years, because like all you want to do is like you know fit in and fit in, you're still yeah. trying to figure out how to how to, how to be a human I guess um mm, yeah. yeah and I think also um at the time there was also some issues with like the wording um we mm-hmm. it was a time of where people still made jokes like oh that looks so gay like mm-hmm. in a negative way like if somebody was if something was ugly they'd be like oh that's so gay or if somebody did something that yeah. was weird or whatever they'd be like oh stop being so gay like you f word like yeah just some things were just you know and then um I remember talking about with some of these people who use that kind of language later being like yeah well one of the reasons I didn't come out in high school was like this kind of stuff was being thrown around and they were like Mm -hmm. oh but like I'm not homophobic like it was just a joke like surely you understood that that was just a joke and I was like well, <laughs> there was silence mm-hmm. and those kind of jokes. So, like, yep. it's it gets... You know, what was I supposed to do? It kind of adds up. Yeah. With that information, like, you try and put the pieces of the puzzle together, but you really don't have enough pieces to, like, fully create a puzzle of what it is that you're going through because you're yeah. there's no resources, there's no... Um, stories there's nothing no role models um which is why representation in media was so 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 important to me Mm, um yeah and one of my biggest role models was um a fictional character which is crazy um it was her name is Cosima. she's in the show orphan black which i did a whole Fun. science communication project on in university um talking about why it's so important that we see um, her voice, kind of. So she's mm. um, a queer scientist. So only one tiny part of the story is about her being gay. The rest mm. is just about her being a scientist and the whole world that they live in. Like, it's a sci-fi thing. There's clones. Yeah. There's bad guys. Like, there's only one fraction that's about her being gay. But, like, that's what's so important. Like, we're not The just... normalization of her yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's not like being gay or queer or whatever mm, what doesn't like define is, is like who you are it's like yeah exactly the, yeah. it's like we need the complexities we need the multiple layers like i needed to see someone who was into science and gay like mm. you know i just needed to see that because a lot of you know we see like just you need the different the kinds of representation gay dude yeah, yeah you see the flamboyant like gay like dudes gay dude. which like not same as me you see like you mm. know i had a lot of gay artsy people, which is like also yep. fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no teenagers, <laughs> like. <laughs> um, but like, I was like, but I'm like a huge maths physics nerd, which is also mm-hmm. already a male-dominated field as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So I'm going in as a female in a male-dominated field, and then on top of that, like, I've got this whole queer factor. Like, it's 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 mm. it's layers of things that are difficult. So you need that kind of representation to you know give you some mm. motivation and also just like your brain can't just picture what it's gonna be like 
So you yeah. need to like have something to draw inspiration from. Mm. Yeah. You know, sure. like, yeah, I, I don't even yeah, do yeah. like Kasima studies biology. I do physics. It's completely different. Also, she's a fictional mm, character, good. but like, <laughs> it's weird how your brain does take these pieces of information and like, somehow it grounds you being like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I could be like that. That's so cool. Yeah. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that was a possibility. Like, mm, that's yeah. the kind of... And being like, she can be like that and, like, it can be okay. Like, because yeah. the show isn't... Even though it's, like, sci-fi and crazy, it is in a lot of ways really grounded, especially in, like, the performances and the portrayal of the characters. So to see that, like, they are in semi-realistic, apart from the clones and stuff, situations, <laughs> and that they can be okay in it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that mm-hmm. is so comforting i was also going to say just before we run out of time for this first half of the app um we have three minutes left according to zoom um also that like in high school there wasn't so much the understanding of sexuality being a spectrum as well Mm -hmm. and that you can like move across it and like you were saying it was just like you're either straight or you're gay but even Mm -hmm. like it's not just like oh if you're bisexual you're in between it's like that's like you know what i mean it's not like that i don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit Oh, I, I, I'm going to need more Just than three yes. minutes to talk about labels. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come back for hearing me talk about labels and why they are. Yeah. I wrote down limiting, restricting, but also empowering. Ooh. I love that. Okay, I'll start Great. a new Zoom call. We can, we'll stop our recording. Yeah. Hello everybody, Rochelle popping in here for this week's project of the week. This is the first project of the week in a while that has been not the coffee one, so let's celebrate for that. Alright, two things for this week's P-O-T-W, P-O-T-W, P-O-T-W. Firstly, on the topic of representation, I just wanted to pop in and both widen and specify our conversation to contextualize that not only do we need more queer representation, period, but we also need specifically more black queer representation, indigenous queer representation, black trans representation, non-binary representation. This is just very important and it needs to be pointed out. I feel that folks who are any combination of black, indigenous, trans will always have it harder, particularly when that intersects as well with ability. Yeah, race and ableism um, still play a huge role in the queer community and we have a long way to go with the prevalence of transphobia and ableism and understandings of gender in the general population. And I just wanted to stress this because it isn't stressed in the conversation as is. So this is me doing that in this conversation. Um, Secondly, I wanted to point you all in the direction of the show notes or the video description if you're watching this on YouTube because I have linked a whole bunch of resources down there. Um, We have support hotlines where you can call or just message, um, you know, confidentially people, uh, whether you yourself are, you know, questioning or trying to figure something out or you want to better help people in your life um, who may be struggling with who they are, their identity, etc. Um, we also have advocacy and support groups linked down there, um, places to donate in order for people to better help 
um, people in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, we've got some creators. Some of I asked Jodie what some of her favorite queer creators are. I added some in there of my own as well, and as well as just like TV shows and movies. And I want to add some music as well. And it's definitely not an exhaustive list, and it is sort of Australian centered generally. But yeah, if you guys have further suggestions of you know, resources that I can add to that, uh, feel free to let me know and send them through to me or comment them. Uh, Yeah. Okay, that's it. Back to the episode. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Okay. Jodi, thoughts on labels. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Labels. So, like I said before, they Mm. are limiting restricting Mm -hmm. is kind of the same word um confusing but can also be very empowering so i've had a bit of a journey (laughs) with labels um Mm -hmm. like rochelle said to start like growing up i was very like it's you're gay or you're straight so Mm -hmm. like you know that's we're just talking about sexuality here i'm not even gonna get into the fact that gender was only male and female Mm -hmm. in my brain for the very long time so Speaking of on about the spectru- sexuality spectrum, um, mm. yeah, gay, straight, that was it. And mm. then I learned about um, bisexuality and pansexuality, and I was like, whoa, that's cool. But I was still yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Like, these words are kind of weird, because I hadn't heard anybody use them. And mm-hmm. I was kind of just like... A lot of people were like, oh, I thought I was bi, and then I turned out to be a lesbian, or like, it's a stepping stone Mm. to being this, or Mm. people use it when they're confused, or or the idea that, yeah, you're 50-50, like, I say 50-50, like, you're like, half attracted to girls, half attracted to guys, so it's like, Mm -hmm. there's such a strict kind of like split, or like, you're attracted to all women, and all men or everyone at once and it's just very um yeah and so I was just like I don't know how I feel it was this whole idea of like Mm. I don't want to say that I am something and then it turns out that I'm not that thing and Mm. then like people are gonna have a misconception of me um and that was one of my biggest thing I think also because like I was I still growing up like this was around the time I was like yeah 16 to 20 It was just, like, I don't want people to label me as something that I'm not. Like, I was very, like, I don't want that. So I'd rather just either hide that whole part of me or Mm. I just would say, like, I like girls and boys. And, like, Mm. you know, I guess that means I'm bisexual. But I... mm, Mm. So Mm. I think, like, in a way, I made life more difficult for myself because I was, like, I am not going to come out till I'm 100% sure with what label I'm coming out. Mm. Yeah, and that was a bad idea so <laughs> to, <laughs> to my young self and to anybody who's confused about their sexuality or gender or anything it's mm. like any other part of yourself like you don't just like come out and be like I want to be a physicist or like you, know, <laughs> you have discussions with people mm. about it it's okay to say oh, I think I might like girls or I think I might, mm. I don't know, want to pursue this career. It's not analogy. like set in stone that like mm. <laughs> you're suddenly like 
this is what you are now. You cannot change it. And I think okay. that's... But, but you said... <laughs> very much... <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's a really big issue. And also within the community, this is still a really big issue that when people change mm. their labels... Mm, everybody gets all up in arms Mm, like you lied to us or oh I thought you were this and now you're doing this like you know you're dishonest or you're misrepresenting our community like Mm. like people Mm. that use the label bisexual and then later come out as gay or actually Mm. turns out they prefer well like you know they are they want to go with the label straight now because for whatever reason it's like that is okay like everybody can label themselves how they want and it doesn't Mm. like invalidate the label Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite kind of analogies for it as well is i think the youtuber stevie used it although maybe she got it from someone else um she said that labels can be like shoe sizes like you know when you were younger you had a shoe size four and like Mm. now you have a shoe size seven but that doesn't mean that at the time you didn't have a shoe size four. Mm, like that was yeah. the shoe that fit you then. And mm-hmm. that's how you would describe your shoe size. <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't discredit like where you are now and like mm. how mm. you described yourself back then. And that's, I think a very good analogy mm. because that's how I feel. I'm like right now, this is the label that best describes me and I will use this. Um, mm. But it may not be forever. And that's okay. Mm. And it doesn't make my label less valid. I think a lot of people feel like they have to kind of be like, mm. I'm going to be like this forever. Right. Um, mm. Which is also because of the misconception that like, you know, you can turn straight or you can turn gay. Yeah. Or you can, which is mm. obviously all a lie. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I understand why people are like, this is who I am. And I'm like this forever. And I was born this way and I will never change because mm. sometimes you have to assert it so intensely for people to take you seriously but mm-hmm. i think the next step of the conversation needs to be that like you know we're all humans we all grow and change and we grow and change mm. with our labels mm, um yeah. that doesn't like make them less valid yeah i think that's um, really beautiful because yeah we make so many yeah. decisions in life and it's like sometimes you go back to something you thought or like you know completely change like why can't that be the same for your sexuality like what's the point mm-hmm. of just putting a label and like keeping it like that forever like it's I feel mm. like it's not um doesn't help anyone yeah yeah I think the other thing um people who are questioning or like whatever the biggest advice I can give to them as well is that like you can choose whether your label is for you or for the outside world and mm. for me I made the decision that like my label it's for the outside world it's not actually for me like right. I don't need to label myself as bisexual because I find it restricting I find it like I'm putting myself in a box and I'd rather just exist and fall in love yeah. with who I fall in love with and mm. not you know be attracted to who I'm attracted with and not have to try and do that whole jigsaw puzzle in my mind again um, mm. but I tell the world that I'm bisexual because that represents my truth the best and I don't have the time to explain to everybody like it will be like a two hour three hour conversation to discuss Mm. the layers of my Mm -hmm. romantic and and sexual attraction and the complexities and how that overlaps with my gender identity like well, yeah. Mm. Also, that's really personal stuff. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I'm not just gonna... 
just say it's that like, to and everyone. It's, it's not really your business. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's that's such a thing. It's like because and this goes back to representation. Um, the common perceptions of various uh, labels for sexual identities, whether it's gay, lesbian, straight, pansexual, etc., are so two-dimensional mm-hmm. that yeah. sometimes it's just easier to say, okay, this label, mm-hmm. because then people can get like a rough idea and just with whatever knowledge they have managed to gather throughout their years. But the reality of it is obviously it's like three-dimensional, like we are like living people. It's like uh, your stories uh, and your experiences all um, have not all of them, but that will have links to your sexual identity. But, like, you don't have time to explain that, so it's just, like, you know, ah, mm-hmm. here you go. Here's a label for you. Like, yeah. does this kind of help you understand? Yeah. And, like, again, I sound a bit like a broken record. Like, <laughs> that mm. doesn't mean the label is, like, not valid. It also yeah. means that, like, the label is still valid, and if somebody mislabels you, that's mm. still very hurtful. And that's, mm-hmm. I think when I say, like, I don't care for labels, I don't mean Mm. call me straight or call me a lesbian because I want to be upset. Don't mislabel me. Like, that's just weird. Yeah, 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 I I mean that, like... Yeah, and I think that's a huge... It is still important to use the label bisexual and why it's very important for some people to be very, like... We need, you know, to see people say, I am bisexual because of bi-erasia and all of that, Mm -hmm. like comes with that um so i think it's a very complex issue and um i think it is you know just like let people be and let people say what's (laughs) important to them and Mm -hmm. like i don't know why you've got any business putting your nose into other people's deeply personal lives (laughs) Um, yeah yeah but i think i think people don't understand why people okay wait let me rephrase (laughs) i think Um, people outside of the queer community sometimes don't understand why queer people get so upset when you mislabel them. And I think Mm. because, yeah, we do throw a lot of labels around and I understand that, yes, it is confusing if you've never used them before, but Mm. I think it's like, it's a part of our identity and like, you can't, as an outsider, you you can't just mislabel. Like that's Mm. erasing so much more than just you know, if you call me a lesbian, right, mm. it's not just you mislabeling me because I'm actually bisexual. It is also mm. like you're erasing this whole part of me that used to have crushes on boys or the whole part of me that struggled mm. finding who I was. Mm. You know, the whole struggle that I had with like, oh, I'm not gay, I'm not straight. Like you're erasing that whole part of me. Like it's it's a big deal. So, mm. yeah, don't <laughs> don't just assume... Don't assume labels and don't just think that it's, oh, it's too confusing, so I'm just going to call you this. Like, yeah. no, ask the person their label, but also understand that, yeah, again, we're three-dimensional, so we might move around differently in our own label, but mm-hmm. if I tell you this is my label, like, just... Respect yeah. it. Respect it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think particularly, yeah, when it comes from, like, someone outside the queer community, because of the history, you know, and the present of like the dynamics between like queer the queer communities and straight people it's like straight is the normal and you know queer people are oppressed for being queer all over the world in like varying degrees systematically and just in everyday life as well so it's like 
there's like a history there as well that it's like not always immediately like if someone mislabels someone it's it's not necessarily that pain that like makes it so hurtful but it definitely I feel like adds to like why it's so inappropriate Mm. that makes sense Mm. well we so much to talk about we're running out of time but I don't want to stop talking so um do you want to quickly talk about your GSA work that you did while at uni and just kind of like Mm. what it is what it entailed and just like your I don't know your experience and good things bad things from it yes yes um so for people that don't know GSA stands for Gender and Sexuality Advocate. Sometimes it's Gender and Sexuality Mm. Association. I've heard a lot of different things that go with the Mm. A, but um, at my university, it was Gender and Sexuality Advocate. Um, Mm. And an advocate is somebody that advocates. (laughs) That was such a bad description. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, so I lived at a residential college um, for three years at university before I moved out. Um, and so my, yeah, so my description was the GSA was one of the GSAs we had, um, four, um, and we had two like gender officers and two sexuality, well, queer officers. Yeah. Confusing again, labels, Mm, weird. Labels, Um, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So we had the gender officers dealt more with stuff like, um, uh, feminism, uh, discrimination based on gender, that kind of stuff. Right. And then we dealt queer with a lot of the rainbow, rainbow things, as we called them. <laughs> um, yeah, so being um, a GSA, it, I had to, it was a volunteer position, but it encompasses a lot of things. And I think, most simply put, our role was to um, advocate, educate, and create a community. Like, it creates mm. safe spaces for the um, queer people um, in our residential hall. And I think awesome. it was um, a really, really important position um, because mm. a lot of people, when they go to uni, it is their first time, like, away from home. It's a f- first time for them to explore themselves. Um, and a lot of people only come to certain realisations when they have that freedom to explore themselves or they've reached a new stage. It's a new stage in life. So, you know, you discover a whole lot of new things. So there's kind of two big tangent branches of what we did. So there's education, which is what the word says. You educate not only (laughs) the people within the community, but also outside of the community. So Mm. um, we educated them on what different labels are, um, what pronouns are, like, Mm, uh, how to respect great. people when they come out to you. We gave tips like uh, what to do if your friend comes out to you and um, stuff like that. We had a mm. one of my favorite things that we did is we would host a you can't ask that panel, mm. which was we had a Google Doc and people could ask any questions. It's based on the BBC show um, mm. where you can ask any questions related to queerness so lgbtqia plus questions mm-hmm. um and so it was anonymous and then us gsas would answer them um and it was really good because part of the discussion when you're in a residential hall my hall had about 400 students you're all living together so it's not only about you know educating the people within the queer community or helping the people that are questioning it's also about educating the people that are around 
the queer community. Like, we yeah, don't yeah. live in an isolated Isolation. bubble, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, we had a lot of really good questions of people being like, yeah, how do I um, help someone who's struggling to come out? Or mm-hmm. how do I respect someone? Or, like, how do I get used to new pronouns was a question we got a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I practice them? Or what do I do if I accidentally misgender someone? Or... We, you know, and that was, it's really good to have those conversations as well, because like, we are all human, we make mistakes, but we need to learn and grow. And you can't expect people to grow if they don't have the resources. So a huge Mm. part of my role was educating everyone (laughs) um, on various um, gender and sexuality topics. And Mm. then the other part of my role um, was community and creating safe spaces um, for Mm queer people and I think it's important to outline what a safe space is so when we talk about safe spaces people are like what like isn't Mm. everywhere safe no it's Mm. about like um (laughs) a space that you're like free from discrimination um free from prejudice and like allowed to be yourself without judgment um yeah and literal physical danger but like yeah (laughs) A uni was pretty good. Like we didn't yeah. have that. Luckily, that um, those frets. Um, but the important thing about having a safe space is that, like I said, people's journeys and sexualities—it's very personal. It is a very, very personal thing, mm. and it's something that they might not want to share with everyone. Um, and so, it's important for people to be able to explore and express themselves in a way that they feel mm. comfortable with, with people that they know will not judge them and who will have some kind of mutual understanding. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing that us queer people, most of us have had to go through some kind of coming out process or Mm. some kind of realization that, you know, we're a little bit different than the norm. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but like, yeah. Yeah. So to kind of express yourselves and feel completely comfortable, it feels safer sometimes to do it with people who are like us. And that's not a big divide. We're not creating some weird thing. It's just (laughs) to help people grow into themselves Mm. um, before they're maybe ready to share that part of themselves with the rest of the world. Just like you would have any kind of friendship group. Like you don't go talking with everybody about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yes, that was a big part of my role. We would have, um queer coffees or queer movie nights um Mm. we would celebrate um together uh when you know there was a new queer tv show we would watch um (laughs) that was a big part of my role as well and just talking to people um one-on-one I think was very important like educating them and telling them that like and helping them and sharing my story um and Mm. listening to their story and sometimes people need to just like they need a soundboard to get all the thoughts that they have out of their head um and I guess in a way it feels weird to say this but in a way I was a role model to a lot of people yeah because they would look up to me and be like well she did it yeah (laughs) like I can do it like if she's out here like walking through the dining hall holding her girlfriend's hand like that means Mm. I'm allowed to do it like that kind of energy Mm. is kind of what you um, are looking for and the, the reason I went into becoming a GSA in the first place because was the person who was the GSA before me. Um, mm. She was wonderful. She was a bisexual woman. 
Mm. And she is, she's still alive. <laughs> so it's just like, Rest she's like, <laughs> no, like she's just like not part of college anymore. But anyway, yeah. when she was the GSA, she was mm. so loud and proud. Like um, mm. she was uh, in a relationship with a man at the time. Um, but she was so like, I am bisexual. I'm queer. I'm here. You're going to see me and hear mm. me. And we're going to have these discussions. And I'm going to tell mm. you about this TV show. And, you know, you're mm. not going to mislabel me like, she was such a energy and such mm. a positive energy that like for me it was really inspiring to see coming mm. from like somewhere where I didn't see anyone like me I didn't see anyone doing that and expressing yeah. themselves and being so proud and forward like it was a very important person for me in my first year like we talked about earlier which was so crazy with the plebiscite and my coming out and mm. everything happening at once um, she was a really inspirational role model to me. And so I kind of wanted to give that back to other people in the community. So that's, I then became the, I um, volunteered to be the GSA afterwards. So mm. yeah, it was, awesome. was a big part of my role. So one of the biggest projects that I did that I'm proud of was a project called mm. Queer Stories, um, mm. where I got people to, people could write in anonymously or not, um, and yeah. write a story that could have anything to do with their queer identity. So it could mm. be their coming out, but it could also just be a poem or an artwork mm. or mm. a story about their first date with their boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, anything. Mm. Like, um, yeah, it could just be any kind of aspect um, that they wanted to share with the community that they thought maybe a younger version of themselves would have liked to hear. We had a letter to, like, some people would write a letter to my younger self. There were people who wrote coming out letters. There were people who, yeah, it was it was a beautiful project. We got so many beautiful responses. Um, but, yeah, it was really to showcase the queer community and showcase our stories without, I guess, having to, like, stand and preach it. Like, we just yeah. had a nice here. Like, you know, mm. sometimes it's also, like, mm. to other people, go educate yourself. Like, we don't yeah. have to always be, like bringing this, this up like is, if you yeah. want to read about it here's a resource you can read about it and also mm. for the people who were questioning but didn't want to be like hi i'm questioning i have questions mm. you know just take the little booklet and just <laughs> go away and like have a yeah. little read like you know like <laughs> we don't we don't have to make it such a taboo big thing and we don't have to expect mm. people to be so forward and ask questions like it's good to have resources that people can just yeah. read like any other topic yeah, mm -hmm. so mm, for sure. That was a big part of my work as well. Yeah. Mm. What would you um, say? Someone was in kind of like a like situation where they're kind of like self discovering, and you know, but maybe are in a like kind of situation where they're surrounded by they can't really find people that they can resonate with or like share experiences with, mm -hmm. or like people who are close minded. What kind of like resources do you wish you had, or like would you recommend for someone in that kind of situation? Um, that is, first of all, very difficult. First of all, if mm. you are listening, you are valid. Mm. Be proud. It's mm. okay. You don't have to be out to be valid. Mm. You don't have to be out to be proud. Like, you can be you yeah. just within the four corners of your room, within your own brain. Like, you don't have yeah. to, like... That's a huge part. Yeah. Don't feel like you're not valid until you've come out. That's a big lie. Um, mm. Secondly... Um, the internet is wonderful. Mm. <laughs> um, 
I definitely wish I had more resources, like actual, yeah. literally educational resources, mm-hmm. like just a, a ABC on like how to be like what is queer. Um, yeah. Would be really good. There is actually, I have found a resource that's the ABCs of LGBT um, mm. by Ash Hardell. It's a YouTuber. Cool. So mm. would recommend that. That's very like definitions. Um, they do a lot of beautiful videos just on like different definitions. If you're confused with all the labels and want to learn more, would recommend yeah. that. Um, but in general, listen a lot. Look, like go onto YouTube. There's heaps and heaps of um, resources there. Um, Miles McKenna is another one of my favorite LGBT YouTubers. Rose and Rosie is another mm. great pair of YouTubers. Um, yeah, YouTubers were a really big part of my um, coming out and like learning about myself journey because they told their story so open and honestly. Mm. Um, so there's that. Do uh, try and reach out to, if you can, LGBT groups in your area. Um, it can be a bit hard, definitely, mm. and a bit daunting. Mm, um, yeah. But there are a lot of online groups. Even if you just type in, like, mm. LGBT groups, insert where you live, you'll be surprised. And a lot of them mm. will do anonymous kind of, like, talkings or there'll be a, you know, a chat that you can go to. If you go to university, most universities have a GSA and most mm. universities are really, really good about keeping it secret, as in, like... Yeah. You know, if you go, there's always a policy of, like, you don't talk about who you see in the group outside of the group. So it's yeah, not like... confidentiality. Yeah, there's a confidentiality. You won't be outed. Um, mm. So I would really recommend that. And it's very daunting. But just remember that everybody else who's doing it is equally scared as you. We've all been mm. in your position. We've all, like, had to try and find our own community. And, like, they are out mm. there. You just have to, like, have a bit of a hunt around um, but mm. yeah, would definitely recommend joining GSAs if you can, like, just rock up to, like, queer parties. Like, they exist. Like, bars and... These days, like, if you're of age, bars and stuff do, like, drag performances, queer mm. parties. Um, that's the great... One of the great things about social media is that you can get more exposure to that. And yeah, yeah. you'll be surprised the amount of people you can meet just going. Um mm. Yeah, so just just try and get your foot in the door somewhere. Um, Mm. But it is very difficult. Um, But yeah, just know that a lot of these places will have a very safe space and a confidentiality code, so it's unlikely that it will come back to your family. But again, you can Mm. also specify it when you go there. If you see an organiser and you're concerned, talk to them, reach out to Mm. them, send an email before you go to the event. Like, a lot of places... We've all we've all been there. We all know what it's like to a certain extent. So, um, mm. yeah, you're not alone. We'll figure it out. And take your time, mm. please. Yeah. <laughs> don't stress. Yeah. Like, mm. you don't need to start tomorrow. Like, it's a process for everyone. Mm. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been so good. I feel like we should wrap Thanks. it up. We've been talking for a while now. Mm. <laughs> well, this has been so much good in a good way. Like, yeah. Yeah, seriously. It's been really, really good. Um, Well, we can round it up with a question of the week. This is a segment we do every episode where we kind of prompt the people listening to continue the conversation beyond these Zoom walls. Um, Do we have an idea of what our question of the week could be for the lovely people at home? I don't know. Well, one of my things would be like, go Mm. find 
everyone has so- well not everyone most people have social media go yeah. find a queer artist or queer activist and just hit mm. follow just mm. just so you learn a little bit about what's going on about the world um yeah. you know educate yourself and ask yourself like question the structures i guess that you've grown up with and how you can yeah. expand them and how mm. you can maybe make whatever society you're a part of a safer space um mm. for queer people yeah yeah maybe then also like what people could contribute could be like what is a resource whether it's like a youtuber a podcast a person whatever that like has helped you or that you look up to who is like um doing good work to like advocate for yeah like for how do you say for like queer representation or like normalization and like dignity of like queer existence yeah i'll phrase the the thing in the description yeah. in the show notes mm-hmm. um you can share those with us on instagram um whether like through messaging or on our stories or in the little post that joelle does over there um in the comment section of the youtube version of this episode or you can feel free to send us a digital letter that is an email at club c no that is an email to club scene letters <laughs> at gmail.com that is club scene l-e-t-t-e-r-s at gmail.com all the links will be in the show notes also if you want to just private message us particularly with this kind of topic like feel free to totally. uh, you can do that on our facebook page or on our instagram all right and before we go we have to wrap it up because again zoom's telling us we are running out of time oh, no. <laughs> um we at the end of every episode we give you guys a random recommendation that's just like uh, something that we've been enjoying listening to or watching or eating or reading that we think you guys would enjoy so does anyone have one that they want to start off with I haven't thought about mine for this week. Have I made anything yummy? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, because I feel like now that winter's coming and it's been really cold, I don't know about you guys, but I've been yeah. really feeling it. Um, I made pumpkin mm. soup the other day, and I'm not really usually a soup <gasps> person, but Yum. that just made my made my heart just get warm and cozy for this mm. new cold, freezing time. Freezing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, my God, Jodie's mum... Would make a really good pumpkin soup. Oh Yum. my god! I yeah. Do this, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never come back, please. Something <laughs> hearty. Do you have one, Jody? I mean, go have watch Wolf and Black. Something? If you haven't oh, yeah. watched Wolf mm. and Black, please. Black. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. want to rewatch it. Um, warnings: It's a bit intense. If you're not into mm. like, I don't know, like crime. Yeah, mm, it's like it crime sci-fi. It's yeah. a bit, it's a crime sci-fi. If you're into it's not that, like it's not it. like gory, right? It's no, just like no, it's it just, just like it's a bit of an adrenaline rush sometimes. You know, some people really don't yeah. like a thriller. If you don't like a thriller, right. don't do it. But like, it's it's mm. not like crazy. It's not like it or something. Yeah. It's just like yeah, a sci-fi yeah. show. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's like funny and like oh, it's great. Yes would that would be my recommendation and otherwise um i'm mm. obsessed with haim's new album that's about to come out ah. it's about to Ooh. drop so i'm very excited Keep an eye yes they are a great yeah. trio of sisters who do mm. amazing mm. stuff very like fleetwood mac vibes and i just yeah, yeah. i'm obsessed with them All their right. lyrics they're so true <laughs> to themselves their lyrics are so mm. powerful they're so honest and just mm. Mm. so yeah mm. go check out Haim. they're really good how about you, mm, Michelle? Oh, I don't know, eh? I feel like this week I haven't really been consuming much content. 
to be honest. Oh, you know what? Uh, oh, okay, go on. Um, <laughs> this is not that, like, revolutionary, but, like, if you know who Simply Nail Logical is on YouTube, she, like, did that thing where she does 100 layers of nail polish. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I, like, made her kind of go viral, and then she makes, like, she made, like, uh, nail polish videos, but then she kind of went into just doing whatever she wants. And I feel like she's a very, like, grounded YouTuber. Like, I don't know, she's not, like... I don't know. I, I just I like her as a person, and then mm. she makes really silly content. But it's actually really interesting because she's like a, like very like successful on YouTube, um, and she's the what I'm recommending is her podcast, which is simply Pod Logical, where she just talks with her partner Ben about just like different topics every week. Um, but like, so they I don't know. Yeah, they have this one episode where they talk about their day job. So yeah, she like literally says like we earn more money through YouTube, but we then we're like ever gonna make in our day job, but we still have a day job. The mm. crime statistics analysts for the government of Canada. I don't Ooh. know. I just find them so fascinating. Mm. Yeah, they're wow. like cool and grounded, and they're not like LA YouTuber like eh, like you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so I'll I'll recommend that. I like putting that on in the morning. It's just like wake up to a chill chat with friends, you know. Amazing. Well, with that, guys, I'll be signing out of the chat room. But if you want, you can find me on Instagram at the Rochelle Fish. And I'll also be signing out of the chat room, but you can find me on Instagram at Joelle with Dots. Um, Jodie, feel free to sign out and provide any links that you, if anybody wants to reach out to you. Yeah, thank you so much for talking to us today, Jodie. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that was such a great conversation. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Do you ha- do you have anyone that you want like people to follow you? You're not really like a social media kind of person. No, my Instagram yeah, hasn't been updated in like six months. But um, <laughs> you can you can you can message me. I will respond. But like, <laughs> <laughs> just don't expect anything on my Instagram itself because it's not yeah. updated at <laughs> all. Mm. But yeah, always what, happy to have what, a chat what? or message one of them. Them, yeah, whatever the wherever you guys are. Um, <laughs> And then they they can put you in contact with me. Yes. Totally. That'll yeah. be... 100%. Yeah, if you want to reach out to Jodie for anything, just message us and then we can pass on the message. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can share that you're listening to it on your Instagram and your stories and stuff like that. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people and the all the algorithms and systems know that people are listening um and make sure you're subscribed or following clubs in chat room on whatever podcast app you prefer and yeah even just recommending the podcast or a specific episode you really resonated with to a friend that you think that they would like the episode helps us so much just to sort of share the love and get like more beautiful people in our little chat room so we appreciate guys so much thank you so much for hanging out with us we love you guys so much thank you so much again much love Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. Gosh. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got to drink that whole time.